the whole thing with me was that like, I never wanted my job to be more important than real estate investing. And that was something I was really, really focused on. And eventually I decided, no, what doesn't make sense to try to be an expert in tech and consulting and real estate simultaneously. So I said, okay, I'm either going to go down the stream of mortgage agent or the stream of real estate agent. And my brother was actually a mortgage agent at the time he had just started and he was making pretty good money. And I said, no, if he can do it, I can definitely do it. And then that's when I got my brother younger. He's my older brother. You're like, dude, I'm taking you down, brother. Like, yeah, (laughs) sibling rivalry. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation, Scott Peckford here. Today on the show, I have Jacob Perez. Jacob's based out of Hamilton, Ontario, and he's been a mortgage broker for only three years. And last year, he funded get this 179 mortgages which is insane in his first year he did 72 mortgages impressive then 113 then 179 and he is not slowing down at all his niche is helping people build wealth through real estate two takeaways that i got from my conversation with jacob first he is one of our 10 loans a month alumni and so he shares about how he used our foresight presentation which we now call a perfect realtor pitch and how it wasn't really working for him at first but how he leveraged that to get in front of a group that turned into a massive opportunity for him. A couple of other things. One, he's clearly a very smart guy. You know, he's got a master's in analytics. Didn't even know what that was until he chatted with me about it. And he understands the importance of process and building a team, which was great. Another thing that I picked up from Jacob, I think he's a personal development junkie. The guy just loves to get better and learn. You know, his whole quote about if you're not growing, you're dying, definitely encapsulates Jacob and his personality. And I tend to agree with him on that. I think that people want to be part of something that's growing and exciting. They want to be part of something that's just surviving. And we did the same as last year like great awesome exciting we don't want to be a part of survival we want to be a part of growth and something that's exciting and then finally he talks about never being done iterating his customer journey so if you don't have a customer journey first off shame on you customer journey is when you map out every part of your process from first contact to client for life and what happens at each step and he's absolutely right it is a living document that continues to change and you have to adjust it as you grow your business and as you get more leads what you could do when you were doing 50 leads a year 50 deals a year won't work at a 100 or 150 and you have to constantly be looking at that and adjusting it and improving it and so i think that's fantastic so i really think you're going to enjoy this episode with jacob thanks again for checking out the show hey jacob welcome to the show hey thanks for having me so you've only been in the business three years and you're already crushing it which we're going to talk about in a minute here but so just tell me a little bit about yourself and how'd you get into the mortgage biz Yeah. So for me, I'm a mortgage agent. I'm located in Hamilton, Ontario. A little bit of my story is, you know, just finished up my third year in the industry. At the end of year two, I actually opened a brokerage with two of my partners. And we've been lucky to have like a lot of success really quickly in the industry. You know, how I got into mortgages is kind of funny. I started real estate investing when I was 23 years old. So that was kind of my introduction to getting a mortgage. And I remember I was actually approved at TD Bank. And when I got an acceptor offer on a property, they actually declined me because I'd gotten a new job. And even though that new job paid me significantly more money, I was on a probationary period. So at the time, the guy who was my TD mortgage specialist is actually now my business partner, funny enough to say, he couldn't approve my file. We then went to my brother at the time, who was a financial advisor at CIBC. He couldn't approve the deal. And then they referred me to a mortgage agent. And at that point, a mortgage agent actually was able to get my deal approved. So that was my introduction to kind of what a mortgage agent so you're was. Like, Wait a second. Maybe there's more options here than I realized. Yeah, I mean, I definitely never heard of even the profession at that point in time. You know, I was only 23 years old. But, you know, like a lot of other people, I didn't start in this industry. I never worked for a bank. I never did underwriting for a mortgage agent. I was actually 
first I was in marketing, digital marketing. Then I moved to finance. I had a cushy government job doing finance. Then I did a master's in data analytics. I was doing consulting in the consulting space, a few different things. But the whole thing with me was that like, I never wanted my job to be more important than real estate investing. And that was something I was really, really focused on. And eventually I decided, you know what? It doesn't make sense to try to be an expert in tech and consulting and real estate simultaneously. So I said, okay, I'm either going to go down the stream of mortgage agent or the stream of real estate agent. And my brother was actually a mortgage agent at the time he had just started and he was making pretty good money. And I said, no, if he can do it, I can definitely do it. And then that's the when I got my brother younger. He's my older brother. You're like, dude, I'm taking you down, brother. Like, yeah, <laughs> sibling rivalry. That's awesome. So data analytics and masters. What the heck is that? Mm -hmm. Just give me 30. Yeah. Seconds. So, I mean, nowadays, you know, all these companies are collecting data from all these different sources, whether it's our smartphones, whether it's the cash registers in the retail store, whether it's their online website. And it's essentially just looking at aggregating all these data sources and applying advanced statistics to build predictive models to figure out what customers are going to do next or what are going to be the efficiencies we can build in our organization through what kind of data is telling us. Okay, that's awesome. So I was like to ask about a quote. I love quotes. And so what's a quote that's really had an impact on your life or business? Yeah, so I'm really, really big in the whole personal development space. So there's a few that really mean something to me. So the first thing is you become what you think about. So I'm really, really intentional with the thoughts I put in my head. So I'm having positive thoughts. I'm thinking good things for my future. So that's what I'm tracking into my life. And then another one I kind of learned a couple of years ago that I really, really live by when it comes to the mortgage business. And it's if you're not growing, you're dying. So a lot of people in this industry, you know, they might be happy with the amount of money they made the year before. And they might say, you know what, I just want to make the same amount of money, but actually get more time back. And that's great. But what I really believe is, you know, you have to always be growing your business because there's no such thing as kind of like idling in this industry. And especially if you built a good operation, usually what that means is you have a really good team and you have a really engaged staff base and those people want to grow too. So in order to grow their careers and their goals and things like that, you have to keep pushing your operation, you know, as far as you possibly can. So I think that for me, you know, if you're not growing, you're dying. That's really important because there's definitely times where I'm like, you know what, I'm a little bit tired of this. I want to retire in three to five years if I can make that happen. But then I just come back to you like, no, <laughs> like I'm going to be in this for a long haul. I'm going to make sure we keep growing this thing. You know, it's interesting when you have an awesome team, because we have a great team in the training company and they want to be part of a winning team. Repeating the same as last year, it doesn't feel like winning. It feels like surviving. Mm -hmm. And so you're right. So there is something of this whole idea of growth. So there's always failure. Obviously, you, dude, you're doing amazing for your age, but you know, not everything works out. But when you have failure, look back, there's a lesson. So you think of something, a time where you failed at it, but now looking back, there was a lesson for you? Yeah, you know, things have gone really, really good for me in mortgages. You know, it didn't always feel like it was going that amazing, but, you know, things have really moved quickly. So I'm definitely very grateful. I would say there's really any failure I've had, especially like in this industry specifically. I think early on, I was too narrowly focused on realtor relationships. And coming in, I thought, you know, the whole way you built your business was make a million best friends who are realtors, work with as many realtors as possible. And, you know, that's definitely a good source of referrals, a good source of leads, a great way to build your database. But what I found was, you know, when I started trying to do things I felt were like more true to me, which was writing content, making video, helping show people how to make money through real estate, things like that. That's when I started getting way more organic growth in the business. And then naturally I was getting more referral partners coming to me. So I think a lot of times, you know, we make the mistake of, reaching out to too many real estate agents to try to build relationships versus building your own brand. So maybe they start reaching out to you and kind of changing the power dynamic in that standpoint. I think I had a lot of failures in terms of it felt like I wasn't building a lot of relationships early. And if I focus more on the content side, I think it would have grown maybe even faster. Right. And you've had pretty 
fast grow. So maybe we can chat about that for a second. So like in your first year, how many mortgages did you do? And then how did that grow from there? So year one, I did 72 closed files. Yep. And that was with no underwriting experience, no broker provided leads, really just grinding it out. You know, just for example, one unique source of income, which, you know, I don't even want to tell people some of my secrets or what have you, right? But just in my first year, I pulled 29 transactions off of an online forum, just showing people little tricks on how to invest in real estate. Oh, you're having this type of tenant issue here. Let's get on a phone call. I'll help you out. And then I'll take your mortgage in the process, right? So right. just something like that, right? Like I pulled, like I said, 29 transactions off an online forum my first year. My first year you know, just for the people who are listening who are maybe new, those first six months, I was not crushing it. Those first six months, I was doing so much networking activity. I was writing blogs. I was doing a million things. And I remember thinking, you know, where are the leads? I can't believe it. I'm doing all this stuff. Where are the leads? But that second six months of my first year is when I was just getting so much volume that I was just completely overwhelmed kind of thing. So that was kind of how I did my first year. And then were you asking about my second year, Scott? Yeah, second year and third. So how did the growth go? Yeah. So first year, 72 files. My second year, I did 113 files. And then this most recent year, which was my third year, ended up closing 179 files. So there's been a pretty big growth year to year. And I think the biggest challenge that, you know, a lot of mortgage agents are really not prepared for, because a lot of us are like individual producers is how do you coach, grow and build systems so that you can run our operation with staff who can actually handle that volume of leads. So that's been kind of the biggest thing I've been working on is, you know, consistently reiterating our customer journey to handle new levels of volume. You know, how do we note things in our CRM to be more efficient? You know, there's so many different things you'd be tweaking and working. And I think, you know, that iteration of your process really just never changes. Like you keep coming back to it. It never, keep finding you, ways you'll, to you'll never it. stop. That is something yeah. you also, you got to keep growing, but you also got to keep going back to the customer journey and really dialing that thing in and improving it. And it changes because your volume changes. You've always got to be looking at it. That's really good. What would you say is the biggest change you made to your business in the last 12 months? Yeah. So great question. Without a doubt, it's not even close. The biggest change we did to our business this past year was I started reading this book. You know, I'm a big reader and I started reading this book called Traction and Traction is just all about how to run an organization as efficiently as possible. And, you know, within reading the first two chapters, I just realized this book is going to change our entire organization. So I brought in one of our staff members, our operations manager, Nisha, and I said, Hey, you're going to read this book with me. We're going to meet weekly on this book and we're going to figure out how to implement this entire thing into our organization. So we actually met every week for probably the course of like six months or so. And now we've completely changed how we set goals for the organization, how we track metrics for the organization, how we meet, how many times per week we meet, what the agenda is of how we run our meetings. Everything is so much more efficient right now. And, you know, if you saw what we look like now versus one year ago, our alignment, our efficiency is completely different. So it's really just clarity around goal setting, clarity around projects, not getting bogged down with a hundred different projects that you might start, you might not finish, you know, not letting two people own one department. One person needs to own a department entirely so that it all falls on them if things aren't completed and things like that. So there's a lot of themes from this book, but we implemented this entire business model called Traction. And that's been really the difference maker for us. Yeah, actually I've heard of that book. I haven't read it. It's back on my list. So it comes with high praise from you. So if you're mm -hmm. telling me it's worth reading. I'm going to check that out. All right. So you also came into our coaching program way back at the beginning. So what was one of the takeaways that you got from the coaching program that has helped you? Side note here, Jacob got to 179 deals. That's an unusual result in three years. I know lots of people in the mortgage space. That's not a typical result. And Jacob also put in a ton of effort and drive and motivation. But I also know you're part of our program. So what was something that you took away that was really helpful? Yeah, so I think honestly, just before I get into it, for anyone listening, I highly, highly recommend you involve yourself in coaching. 
Okay. Whether it's business coaching, personal development coaching, you know, you can do coaching with Scott or whoever, right. But any form of coaching, you're definitely going to see a takeaway from, right. And especially in this industry where we're commission-based, where one commission can pay for your program theoretically sometimes, you know, it's a no brainer to be involving yourself in coaching if you're not where you are right now with Scott, your program specifically, I think, you know, if I take away anything, I would take away that, you know, everything works. So everything you try in this industry really actually works. It's just, will it work tomorrow? Does it come to fruition in six months or what have you, right? So there was one part of the program, for example, where, you know, you had us build a specific type of slide presentation to attract realtor partners. I remember thinking, you know, this slide presentation, I didn't think it was going to be that good. It would do much for me, things like that. And, you know, I had a few meetings with it and I didn't really feel like I was making any traction with it, but you know, because I had that presentation, I did reach out and make a few extra contacts that I may not have done. And one of those meetings led to me getting a speaking gig. That speaking gig ended up connecting me with the biggest YouTube channel in real estate investing in Canada. They did five or six videos with me. Those videos dripped me like probably two or three deals per month. Right. So everything works. You don't know how it's going to work. And if you just right. put you your don't, faith you don't, in exactly. anything. You don't, that's, that's hilarious. You actually don't know the outcome of it, but the reaching out, starting the process. That's awesome, dude. That's crazy. Sorry to mean to drop Yeah. That. No, no. So that's really it. Everything works, right? You know, you're never going to lose when you do coaching. You know, the worst thing you possibly could do is let's say you actually do a coaching program and it's bad. The worst thing that you can actually get from that program is if it discourages you from actually getting yourself involved in more coaching in the future, right? Because any high level performer, whether it's Sidney Crosby or it's like a mortgage agent, they have multiple coaches, right? Mm -hmm. Sidney Crosby probably has a mindset coach, a nutritional coach, a head coach, a power play coach, a penalty kill coach, right? So really like, you know, especially if you're the owner of your organization, who do you seek to for guidance if you don't have naturally the next level up, right? So, right. you know, if you are new, definitely recommend it. And it was really beneficial for me specifically. Yeah. And one of the things, so I do some consulting with brokers that are doing like 60 plus million. And what I always say to them is, look, all my job is to do, you're inside the jar. I can read the label that you can't. I'm going to provide perspective. And so you can see things that you like, when you get into your business, you're so in it, kind of like that whole e-myth thing. You can't even see some of the things you're like, holy crap, a little tweak here will be life changing. But you're so stuck that someone else can see that because they're not in your day to day. So I totally agree that coaching is great. All right. So I'm going to some rapid fire questions. So what's one thing people can't find out about you from Google? Yeah. So there actually is a lot of content of me out there because I put myself out quite on YouTube a bit. So right? so we got to find something that's not currently on YouTube then. Yeah. So everything you see is kind of real estate investing. I think one thing about me is a little bit different is like, I have this other side of me that's completely different from the business side where, you know, I'm a bit of a hippie. I like doing yoga. I like doing kind of spiritual things, meditation, breath work. Some people might want to go, you know, party in Ibiza or visit Europe. I'd rather go to like Costa Rica or Peru and do like psychedelics in the jungle or something like that. That's my kind of idea of fun. So, you know, about me, I really like kind of That'll like be your next YouTube channel. Psychedelics yeah. In the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I like kind of like the spiritual stuff and the bigger questions. That's just like a nice contrast from the business side. And you know, I find that helps keep me going. The more work I do, personal development, spiritually, you know, the more I'm aligned in my business as well. Right. What's a movie that everyone should watch at least once? So I don't know if there's like a specific movie. I think there was one I, I watched this past year that I really, really liked. It was a documentary called Thrive. So this whole documentary Thrive, you know, it talks about all these types of bigger, you know, issues or problems in the world. But what I really like about the documentary is it talks about how do we solve all these issues, right? What approaches can we take together 
like as a society collaboratively to actually thrive all together. So this documentary is available on YouTube if anyone wants to watch it. It's really, really good. They made a second version as well, which is really good. And you'll see some crazy stuff that you don't even know is going on in the world. Some, you know, unbelievable technologies that somebody built, you know, in like Uganda or somewhere in Africa where, you know, there's all this incredible stuff happening in the world. We just don't always see it because usually what makes the news is the things that are negative and fearful and things like that. So Thrive definitely want to put on the list is a great documentary. Okay. I'll check that out. Have you seen the documentary Free Solo for the guy Free Solo's El Cap? No, no, I haven't. You got to check. I don't know if you're into climbing, <laughs> but like, dude, it's a crazy. So this guy literally climbs a multi-pitch, multi-day climb. Anyways, you got to watch it. It's called Free Solo. You're just squirming in your seat. Palms are sweaty during oh, it. Oh, dude, you're like, <laughs> no rope. Like literally he's up like so high, right? All right. So what is one software program or digital tool you use for your mortgage business? Yeah, so probably boring answer here, you know, it's our CRM. So our CRM that we use is Airtable. We've experimented with a lot of different potential CRMs, things like that. It's just not in our goal to make any kind of migration this year. But what's great about Airtable for us is that you can fully customize it. So as our process changes, as we iterate our customer journey, we can kind of customize the CRM to continue to grow with us. So that's been very valuable for us. You know, when we're dealing with a huge client load, multiple staff members working on multiple files, we need to track every single little thing. And then one kind of maybe like technological thing that would fit in this category as well is just using the canned email function in Gmail. So making sure we have a proper template for every single client part of the process, whether it's intaking a new lead, whether it's submitting a file to a lender, just really making sure we have clear canned messages. So we're always sending very articulate and clear emails kind of at every stage of the process. Right. Yeah. That's good advice. So what's one book you recommend for our listeners? So you said traction. Is there another one that you'd recommend? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it probably depends, right, where you're at in your business, right? So I'll give two that might benefit, you know, your listeners, right? So if you're brand new to the mortgage business, or maybe just not where you want to be production wise, I'd probably say 10x by Grant Cardone. I'm a huge fan of Grant Cardone and this book 10x really will kind of pump up your mindset and make you realize, wow, you know, you could be doing way more, you could be thinking way bigger, and that can really help kind of give you the kick in the butt you might need to get moving in your business and move with more activity. And then one I really, really love that I read a couple of years ago is called Seed of the Soul. And maybe this is better for the person who has a crazy productive business, but is just feeling drained by the amount of work and fatigue and the growth and all that kind of stuff. So Seed of the Soul, it's really just about coming back to the basics of who you are as a person and reconnecting with your soul. I definitely think that is a good one because the more successful you get, the busier you get, the more you need to work on the personal development because you just need to keep your brain moving in the right direction because with growth comes new challenges and you know new different things, maybe new things that you didn't think are hurting you that actually are hurting you kind of thing. So Seed of the Soul is good for maybe the more experienced agent and then 10X by Grant Cardone. That's just an amazing book. I really recommend everyone reads that. Right, that's awesome. Okay, so your elevator pitch question. So you're an elevator, you know, your ideal client steps in. What do you say to them? What's your 30 second, like, why should they use you? Yeah, with me, honestly, if I'm meeting someone in the elevator and they say, what do you do? You know, at the end of the day, what I do is very simple. I help people leverage low interest debt to build wealth. That's all I really do with my clients. We show them how they can actually strategically weaponize debt to build as much wealth in their life as possible, whether that's growing it through investing in real estate, whether that's looking at leveraging equity in your property to invest in the stock market, to private lend, what have you. It's really about mortgages are one of the biggest weapons you can use to build wealth. Not a lot of people are aware of it. And that's what we help kind of focus people on. Weaponize your mortgage. I love it. My dad was military. So anything like weaponized, I'm like, oh, oh that's cool. <laughs> All right. So last question, the DeLorean question. So 
I could put you in a time machine and send you way, way, way back only three years ago. This is not very far, but you could mm -hmm. go back and you could give yourself some advice. What would you tell yourself? Yeah. So if I can go back to when I started, you know, I don't really have that much advice for myself because I was just really lucky. I was in a great position and things worked out really well for me. But if I could reverse engineer my process and tell you kind of what was really the things that made me so successful, I would say the number one thing is like you have to be in the right environment. So a lot of these new agents are starting and keeping their budget small and working off the island in their kitchen or things like that. I really, really recommend make the investment, get office space around high producing mortgage agents was really big for my development you know like right now when i started in mortgages two of the people of the you know five of us in the office were on top 75 last year that was my world when i stepped hang around with so yeah so your environment's really important you know even if you're in a mortgage office and you're filling up your coffee you're probably going to learn something when you fill up your coffee just overhearing someone's conversation on the phone right so that's the number one thing is rent office space around high producing mortgage agents i think that's really really important the second thing is just be yourself don't worry about what other people are doing with their branding, with their marketing, things like that. Just put out there what you think a client would want to hear, because trust me, that's probably much better than looking like every other mortgage agent who's taking, you know, the dictionary approach to content, telling them, Hey, this week, we're going to talk about what land transfer tax is. Like really always try to just be yourself for your own unique presence in the industry. I think you're going to find that you're going to get really good traction. And then the final thing I would say is study personal development. I don't know how, anybody is able just to crush it in business though consistently filling their head with good information and if you don't have the environment around you is it that much more important to be listening to the right podcast reading the right books and filling your brain with the information that you know you need to be hearing because your thoughts are really going to dictate a lot of your subconscious behaviors which is going to dictate your results in the industry right dude that's amazing and very impressive to 179 so just out of curiosity if you're in hamilton so the mortgage size isn't like toronto or vancouver but like what did that look like volume wise so volume wise, I think it was 69 million. Now, one thing is that Hamilton's not necessarily where majority of my deals come from, right? So I've never met my clients. It's always been phone and email since well before COVID. And I have referral partners in multiple cities, clients going where the deals are. So, you know, last two, three years, Windsor was one of the hottest markets. A lot of my clients were buying in. Now I'm seeing a lot of the investors moving to Sudbury, Ontario. It's another huge market, but I work hard to build relationships in Toronto. So for example, like if the deals are bigger in Toronto, obviously I want more partnerships there. So one thing I was doing for the last year prior to COVID is so the year before that is I would go rent an Airbnb in Toronto Monday to Friday, once a month, every single month. And I would just network with agents in Toronto, network with people in Toronto. That way it was a way to get my average deal size bigger by getting more transactions in Toronto. So, you know, we have the luxury of not being geographically restricted. The financing is the same everywhere across Ontario and it's very similar across the country. So I've done deals where I refinanced a condo in Vancouver to buy a fourplex in Toronto. Like you don't need to be in your market. Your market is everywhere in this space specifically. Right. Yeah. That's really good, man. That's great advice. And I remember you telling me that before, actually, this whole renting the Airbnb so that you had, you know, yeah. <laughs> you stay there and you just go hit up people, you know, do all your meetings. Again, you're investing in yourself. You're investing in the fact that like, Hey, I know that if I do this, I'm going to get a return on it. Whereas a lot of people are like, Oh, I can't do that. And they live in this sort of fear, but you're not going to get anywhere if you're going to stay stuck in fear, you're going to have to take action. And do you take action like a madman? So, you know, my hat tip to you for what you've done so far. And where's the goal? Where are you going next? 
I mean, you know, I have a lot of goals pertaining to the investing in real estate because I still put a lot of energy, time, effort into that. When it comes to our business, we have a bunch of different KPIs this year, but our number one goal that we're implementing this year, that's something we never tracked before is, you know, there's only so many phone calls I can do in the year, right? So we're having our staff take our clients from start to finish. So meaning our staff take the introduction call, our staff assess the file, our staff provide the options and kind of own the client completely. So one of our biggest goals this year is can we have our staff take 20% of our files start to finish this year. So we have a file goal that we're trying to do, right? But in addition, there's a percentage of those files that need to be handled start to finish by my team. And that is the biggest new goal that we brought in the organization this year, because that's really going to be the trigger of us growing. You know, can our team close files with the same percentage that I would close a new lead? And if that's the case, then we can really grow like crazy with the leads. Right. Yeah. Dion was actually doing that. So, you know, Dion, right? Bag. And so he did mm -hmm. 90 million last year and the last sort of six months of the year, he only had to talk to 10% of his clients. Now he's so busy right now though the market's insane, but like he's so busy right now that he's had to get back into calls, but he was telling me he had one file. It was 1.2 million and he felt like he should jump in. He said, Oh, I got to trust my team. The whole file end to end completed. And he didn't talk yeah. to the client. It's a process of letting go, but I think you're smart. You guys set a goal on this and then the next year will probably be 40% and mm -hmm. that's how you're going to grow. And then you can spend more time to be marketing and driving in more business because you basically cloned yourself, you know, mm -hmm. in a way. so that's genius, man. Okay. Well, thank you, brother. I really appreciate your time. And this has been awesome to get to connect with you again. We'll have to get you back on in a couple of years and when you're over the hundred million dollar mark and be like, what's happening now? See what you're up to. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Looking forward to hopefully come see you in Kelowna again sometime in the next year or so when things open up. Totally. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.